Welcome to Awaken to Grace. Today we are studying the Church of Philadelphia out of Revelation chapter 3. This is the sixth church of the seven that Christ sent a letter to. And today is part two of our study of the Church of Philadelphia. We have learned so much already in part one. So if you missed the first part of this sermon, make sure you go back in the archives and listen to part one. But today we conclude and we're going to see why the incredible promise that Jesus makes to his church, why it applies to our lives today and the churches of today just as it did back then. Friends, the words of Jesus really are timeless, and I hope that you gain a great deal. I hope your faith will grow in an incredible way as we share the Word of God. I hope you enjoy today as we share the Word of God in these shaky and unpredictable times. Adoniram Judson was the first missionary sent out from America in the late 1700s. He and his wife, Anne, traveled to the country of Burma, what is today Myanmar. And do you know that when Adoniram Judson got to Burma, did you know there was not one known Christian in the entire country? And for over 40 years, Adoniram and Anne Judson gave their lives to the preaching of the gospel to the people of Burma. He translated the Bible, took him decades to do so, and he translated the Bible into the Burmese language. And to this day, it is the only copy of the word of God that they have. Friends, his work continues. His work goes on. Men like William Carey, who is no more than a shoemaker and a shoe repairer, would sit in his shoe repairing office in, in London, England, and he made a map of the world, a homemade map, and he would sit there and repair shoes, and he would weep over the nations of the earth, and never dreaming that God would call him to go to India. And to, and to this very day, India bears the fruit of William Carey. Friends, it was an extraordinary time in church history. And I believe it was the Philadelphian church age. Jesus says, I know your works, and I have set before you an open door that no man can close. I believe we saw that happen. Now next, now notice what he says to the church next. <clears throat> I know that you have but little strength or little power. Now, what's Jesus saying here? Does he, does he mean that this is a weak and anemic church? No, I don't think that's what he means. Actually, in the Greek, what it means is they know where their source of strength is, and it's not themselves. You look at our current church age. You look at, the, at Christianity today. It's as though our strength is in ourselves. It's as though our strength is in, in, in our own strength or in our, our numbers or our whatever you want to measure. No, this church, their strength, their power, it was sourced in the Lord. For notice what he says next. You have kept my word. 
You have not denied my name. (coughs) Their strength wasn't in themselves. Their strength was not in their success. Their strength was in the source of Jesus Christ and not themselves. Now, he's going to say, he's going to note their persecution. He's going to say, yes, you have kept my word. You've not denied my name. And now notice the persecution here in verse number, oh, what verse am I in? Nine, I believe. Nine. Behold, the synagogue of Satan, who some say they are Jews, but are not. They lie. I will make them bow down at your feet and see that I have loved you. You know, this verse is difficult to interpret, but here's what many scholars believe. They believe that this refers that God's going to take our enemies and convert them and make them born again. A good example would have been the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. Paul was a persecutor of Christians. But what did God do with him? Oh, God humbled him. Amen? God humbled him and he converted him and he took him from a persecutor and made him a preacher and showed the love of God through him. Thank God for it. Now, notice verse 13. Notice what he says next. Ah, not 13. I'm so sorry. Verse 10. He's going to say... You have, uh, because you have kept my word of patient endurance, I'm going to keep you from the hour of trial that is coming upon the world to test those who dwell on the earth. Now, what does he mean by this? I believe that he's referring to the great tribulation period. This is not a regional testing. This is not a testing of the city. Notice what he said. That's going to come upon the entire world. This is going to be upon the entire earth. I believe this is referring to the great tribulation. I think Jesus is saying there are remnants of this Philadelphian age that's going to be even to the point of Christ's coming. And then notice what he says in verse 11. I am coming soon. Amen. So hold fast to what you have. See that no man takes your crown or seizes your crown. Friends, Jesus Christ is coming soon. Do we live a life of preparation like that? Or would Jesus find us yawning and and not really living as though Christ is coming at any moment? I heard someone say one time, and I've always tried to live my life this way. They said that we should... We should prepare as though God won't come for another thousand years, but we should live as though God will come in the next second. Isn't that so true? Jesus said, behold, I'm coming soon. And some would say, well, if it says soon, why has he not come yet? Friends, the Bible says that one day is as a thousand years with the Lord and a thousand years as one day. God's calendar is not your calendar. God's timing is not your timing, nor my timing, nor humanity's for that matter. And when Jesus says he's coming soon, well, don't interpret that as your understanding of soon. Interpret it with what Scripture says. So then, verse number 12, this is my favorite part of the day. This is what I've looked so forward to getting to to share with you. Verse number 12 Jesus then tells his church, to the one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God and never shall he go out. 
Now, what's Jesus saying? Now, remember the three things we've noted about this city. They were nicknamed the little Athens because there were temple worship everywhere. And Jesus would say to them, I am the true God. I am the authentic. I am the genuine. You can't manufacture me. And then we said they were the gateway. They were the doorway. And Jesus said, I'm going to set before you an open door that no one can close. And then lastly, what did we say? They were prone to earthquakes. The greatest earthquake that they ever suffered was in 17 B.C., right before Jesus was born. This was the same earthquake that destroyed Philadelphia that we mentioned last week that destroyed the city of Sardis. It was a massive earthquake, and it leveled the cities. And Rome rebuilt it under Tiberius. Well, because it was so prone to earthquakes... When a large earthquake like this happened, people would flee to the outside the city. They would flee to the country, an area that was called the burnt lands. And there they would live in open air because they were afraid to come back to the buildings. Well, what Philadelphia began to do is they began to build their buildings with what? Pillars. As a matter of fact, if you Google pictures... Of ancient Philadelphia today, you can see the ruins of this city. Guess what you'll see everywhere in Philadelphia? Pillars. Isn't that interesting? And what is a pillar? Well, a pillar symbolizes stability. It symbolizes strength. And what Jesus is saying to this precious church is, I am going to make you a pillar in the temple of my God. You live in a region... You live in a world that's being shaken right now. But I'm going to make you a kingdom. I'm going to make you a people that cannot be shaken. Amen. And then he says something very specific. He says, and you will never go out of it. In other words, you'll never get scared and flee the country again. You'll never flee out of the city for the country lands. You'll never know what it is to be frightened. You'll never know what it is to be shaken. You'll never know what it is to be scared again. I will make you a pillar in the temple of my God. Amen. So what is Jesus saying? Listen, you know as well as I know, right now on the earth today, right here where we are living right now, everything that can be shaken is being shaken. Is that right or wrong? Everything is being shaken. But let me give you some good gospel news today. You don't have to be shaken. Do you know why? Because the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that we have been given a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And I don't know what your view is of COVID-19. I don't know what your view is of the economy. I don't know what your view is of the school system. I don't know what your views are of politics or of the upcoming election or of all the darkness that we're seeing now. But I'm telling you right now, I'm not shaken. And do you know why I'm not shaken? Because I am holding fast. To the word of God. And today, if you would hold fast to the word of God, all of these things that we're seeing today, they won't shake you. God will make you a pillar in the temple of his God. Amen. I want to be stable. I want to be strength. I don't want to be shaken. And I don't want to be tossed about with every wind and wave of this or that. No, I want to be solid. I want to be stable. 
I want to be strengthened in the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is a life that you can live. God will make you a pillar today if you hold fast to Him. If you keep His word. If you're serious about following Jesus. God will take the things that should be extremely scary in life. And God will say, no, let me give you my grace. And child, you don't have to be afraid of them. Amen. (laughs) You don't have to fear anything. Let me tell you, friends, there's nothing you have to fear. I was thinking, I got up early this morning, about 4.30. And I was thinking about those uh, months that led up to me being blind. I remember one day I was at the Cove, Billy Graham's training center in Asheville. And I was there by myself. I was there for just a personal spiritual retreat. Which, by the way, if you've never done that, it's life-changing. You should do that at the Cove. I was there for a personal spiritual retreat. And I was there by myself. And while I was there... You know, I was already blind in my left eye through the torn retina. But I was quickly and swiftly and rapidly losing sight in my right eye. And it was while I was there, I was in deep prayer that my vision loss came. And it scared me so bad. That was a Friday. I drove home Sunday and I had a difficult time driving home by myself. Because of my vision. Sunday morning came time to preach. And I was in the conference room over here by myself. And I was pacing because I was losing sight and I couldn't see. And I was so scared. And I was so worried. My great friend John Sable came back there and he saw the panic on my face. And now I fast forward. Nearly two years I've been completely blind. October, end of October will make two years that I've been completely blind. And let me tell you, my friends, let me tell you, God has given me more vision today than I ever had with complete eyesight. I look back at the prospect of losing vision and it scared me to death. And now I'm standing here with no vision and I'm telling you, it doesn't scare me an inch. And I look at it now and I go, what was there to be afraid of? What was there to be afraid of? Because see, like the church of Philadelphia, you and I may not have very much strength. We, 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 may, we may have but little power, but little strength. But see, listen to what 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says. Are you with me? Say amen if you're with me. Amen. Listen to what it says. God says... My grace is sufficient for you. Do you believe that? Let me tell you something. I've crossed over a line in my life. I don't believe that anymore. I know it. I know it by experience. I'm standing here right now today quoting to you the word of God in full strength, not my strength, in God's strength, remembering over 50 things in my sermon list to be able to communicate with no eyesight and no vision. And I can tell you, God's grace is sufficient. And listen to what he goes on to say. He goes on to say, and my power is made perfect through what? Weakness. 
So Paul says, I will boast even more so then in my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. What a verse. What a verse. So what do we learn? What do we see? If we are but of little strength, If we are but of little power, let me tell you what we do. We take that to the Lord Jesus Christ, and here's what we understand. His grace is sufficient in that weakness, and it is through that weakness that the power of God is truly demonstrated in our life. Amen? And I'll tell you, for years, I felt as though I declared the gospel of Jesus Christ. For years, I felt as though I defended the gospel of Jesus Christ. But in many ways, my friend, for the first time ever in my life, I feel as though I am truly demonstrating the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm living a life that's not shaken. Does that mean I have moments of discouragement? Sure. Moments of fear? Oh, sometimes. But let me tell you what they are. They're just that. They're moments. And you know what happens when those moments come? The word of God rises up and it just chases that stuff off. Why? Because God is making us a pillar in the temple of his God. Amen. He's making us strong. He's making us stable. He's making us secure. Listen to what security is in this verse. And never shall he go out. Friends, that means nothing will ever scare us again. You say, oh, but Chad, death scares me. Oh, don't forget Revelation 1.8. Christ has the keys to both death, hell, and the grave. I'm like anybody else. Death frightens me. The unknown. But you know what I begin to think about sometimes? Blindness frightened me until I walked through it. And it doesn't scare me anymore. There's nothing to be scared of. Death will be the same way. Amen? And now look how he finishes. Now in these days, in these ancient days, if you wanted to honor someone, you wrote their name, you inscribed their name on these great ancient pillars. That's how you honored someone. (laughs) And look at the safety. Look at the security that is in our future. And Jesus says, I will write on this pillar, being us. He'll make us the pillars of God. And he'll write on us the name of his God. Amen. You and I for all of eternity will bear the name of God. Think about that the next time you get mad and take God's name in vain. The next time you get angry and you curse with his name. Remember, no, 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 friends. God so loves you. You'll bear his name for all eternity. And then look what he says. He'll write the name of that new city. That new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. He'll write that name upon us. Friends, you and I have a home. You and I have a home. Let me tell you, the more I study Revelation, the closer that I get to understanding what God has prepared for those who love him. 2 Corinthians 2, 9. I'll just be very honest with you. The less I worry about these old eyes, (laughs) the less I'm concerned. The less I worry about it, the less I think about it, the more I'm thinking about heaven, the more I'm thinking about eternity, the more I'm thinking about what God has prepared for me. And then lastly, he says, I'll write that new name. That new name of Jesus Christ will be written upon us. Hallelujah. 
Friends, there's such security in Jesus today. Are you afraid today? Are you shaking? Is life's uncertainties? Have they got a hold of you? No, my friends, you need to look to the sovereignty of Jesus. You need to look at his holiness today, at his genuineness today, at his authority today. And you need to realize that God's made you part of a kingdom that can't be shaken. COVID-19 cannot shake this kingdom. Economic downturns cannot shake this kingdom. Job loss cannot shake this kingdom. Divorce cannot shake this kingdom. We live in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Oh, can I just throw it in? Blindness cannot shake this kingdom. Hallelujah. Do you live in that? Do you walk in that? Do you possess that? You say, Chad, I want to. How do I? What's in the text? Hold fast to that which you've received. Hold fast. Keep the word of God in your heart. Keep it in your life. Friends, I'm not strengthened in my life because of a positive attitude. My attitude can get wonky. (laughs) My attitude can get downright bad. Ask my wife. She lives with me. I don't don't live the way I do because of my attitude. It's because of the word of God. Hold fast to it. Keep it. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes today. I don't know how you're living. I don't know what you need. But I know that God's word is speaking today. Speaking to me. I trust it's speaking to you. Lord Jesus, let your word speak to us. Perhaps today you're here and you're afraid. Like the people of Philadelphia that ran out of the city for the country, you're running from God today. You're running and yet your problems pursue you. You move and yet your problems move with you. You go to a new relationship and yet your problems are there. You try a new career, but yet your problems are there. Friends, you need to run to Jesus today. He's the only one who can rescue you. He's the only one that can satisfy you. He's the only one that can fulfill you. Today, if you need Jesus, right there, right where you are, You're listening online. You're watching online. Right where you are, everyone, right where you are, pray with me right now. Don't hesitate. Pray with me right now. Jesus, I need you. I need you. I need you. I run to you today. Forgive my sins. Cleanse me with your blood. And become the Lord of my life. Save me. Rescue me. Today, Lord Jesus. I give you my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer today, I would love to know it. It would make my day, make my year to know that you prayed with me. 
Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for what you've done in our lives. For those of us, God, that there's uncertainty in our path. Maybe for some it's a job. For some it may be their health. For some it may be a relationship or their marriage. Whatever it is, God, help us to live lives unshakable because you are making us pillars. Teach us what it is to stand in the strength of the Lord. Teach us these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. You're listening to Awakened Radio. 